<laughs> no, but I'll clip that out and just send it to him. <laughs> they suck this year, anyways. And welcome in, everybody, to this week's episode of the Sports Gospel Podcast. Darren and Austin chewing loudly on a sucker directly into your microphone for your audio pleasure. Your first time on in two months and starting off with a bang. Uh, someone else to do it. How was Italia? Did you get a, did you sit on a boat and get a tan and do all the Italian-y things? Pasta and wine and... Pasta and wine and pizza and water and boats and cool cities and lime scooters and the Vatican and architecture and it was an incredible trip and I really wish I was still there. Are you going to move? I was thinking about it. You know, the only way that you can get it... So Rome... We, I did the research on this. Rome has um, 25% unemployment rate. Ooh. The way that they're trying to get rid of that is the only way that you can get a visa to work, to live in the city of Rome, is you, you have to have a job that cannot be replaced by a person that lives in Rome. So I wanted to be there, go there, and work at a gelato shop. Couldn't do it. <laughs> so you have to have like a super rare set of skills. Yeah. Or you have to work remotely. So Baseball to... coach, you're in. <laughs> I should do it. Except for that can get replaced by – I mean, I could I – t- t- do, do the Italians know how to play baseball? Have you ever heard of an Italian baseball player? Hey, they were in the World Baseball Classic. Chill out, bro. I think your high school team could beat the Italian national team. That's not wrong, but they were still in the World Baseball <laughs> Classic. So they were doing something right. Well, and that is setting the tone for this week's episode. We're doing a lot of baseball talk this week. It's been a while since we've done baseball because it's been a while since we've had Austin on. But we're finally getting into kind of the meat of the season, and it feels like – some of the teams, you can tell who's a contender, who's a pretender, and who plays in the NL East where everybody's in the middle. But we're going to get Austin's take here on what we've seen so far. You know, get us prepped for summer here is NFL's in their trying to make fake news out of their quiet offseason. NHL and NBA are coming to a close. Uh, so we're just going to get some of these other things in here. I don't want to talk about it too much because this is one of the things I hate about sports media cliches is last week just listening to everybody bang on Draymond and he's the worst and all these awful things and now everybody's turning against the Celtics. So I just want to like very, very quickly get your take on the NBA Finals, pick a winner, and then we'll move on. Yeah, and so again, I mean, I, I, I'm a Suns fan at heart, but I love it. So I didn't watch any basketball for probably a month after the Suns lost. It was hard for me to watch. And so now, now that the Mavericks got eliminated, I can watch the ba- I can watch basketball again. It's been great. Um, Steph, Curry, Steph Curry had an amazing game four, game five, game four. Scored forty points, um, and then I, he didn't have a very good game in game five. But here's the deal: is that I want the Celtics to win. I picked the Celtics to win. I think the Celtics are going to win in seven. Now, if Draymond Green plays like he did in the first four games the Celtics have a really good chance of winning. If he played like he played in Game 5, even though Steph Curry did not play very good in Game 5, the Celtics have no chance because they have a big three. This, the Warriors have a big three that have won championships, have the experience, have been there, done that, versus the Celtics' big three, who is also good, but have not been there, done that, and a coach that has not been there, done that. So uh, when it comes to Game 7 experience, just purely off of that and home court advantage, the, the Warriors have a significantly more better chance of winning. But if I were – if I – I had all my marbles in there, and I, I said, if I was on a boat in Italy, which I was about a week ago, I said, I'd take the Celtics every day. I said, I don't know that that will happen, but that's my pick. But if Draymond plays better than he has in the first four games, then the Warriors are going to take it. I I like both these teams. I think we could be looking at a rivalry for the next couple of years. I just think the Celtics are young. Yes, you have Al Horford, but I think they're the younger team getting taught a lesson by the veteran team and the Warriors, the team that have been there. I like both teams. I think we'll, we can see this matchup again. I called the Warriors in six, and I'm sticking with it. 
Now, as for the NHL, as we're recording this, we just saw the Avs go ahead 1-0. Avs or the Lightning going to get the three-peat? Well, I do think that the Avs, I say, I don't follow, I don't even follow hockey too closely, especially again, like the Wild were good and they got one of the worst draws in the first round. They had to play the Blues, which was horrible. Um, And so they went out in the first round and after they, uh, after they lost, I didn't really pay attention to too closely because you know i was in my feelings and i was just like this is stupid so um uh if i had to pick a team i would i would pick the abs in six i think that's what i chose uh and so i'm gonna stick to that one um i do think that they are the far superior team i think it'll be a fun series i don't want to brag or anything but i basically picked this entire nhl playoff almost perfectly correct including these two in the finals (laughs) yeah yeah man it says someone in the midwest and iowa has to do something besides pick corn so well but it's 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 been a great playoffs, and I, these are both tremendously loaded, talented teams, and you've got the future of the NHL and the Colorado Avalanche, so jump on board in the bandwagon now. Someone else to do it. Baseball time. And we were talking about this off-air. Uh, before we get into the majors, college baseball, uh, I think, should take a note from March Madness. We get into conference tournaments, and then we jump into the big bracket tournament. I have no earthly idea how postseason baseball works. There's regionals, and then there's super regionals, and then there's super mega regionals, and then there's the College World Series. I think it's cool that it's in Omaha and you finally get there, but I felt like, you know, out here watching Oregon State lose like four times, but somehow they were still in it, and I was so confused at what was happening and why they were never eliminated. Both baseball and softball. Could we, I, it's, it's trigonometry. I cannot understand what's happening. Do we need a teaching moment for like two minutes? Yes. Okay. So the way that the baseball, baseball and softball work exactly the same way. Okay. So... There's 64 teams that are chosen into a field. Chosen. They don't, like, they play are their way chosen. in. They, so it's similar to base, similar to basketball. Where if you win your conference, you're automatically into the field. And then the rest are chosen by a committee. Same thing as basketball. That, that, that part okay. hasn't changed. And there are 16 nationally ranked teams. or national. They call them national seats, 1 through 16. And those are the teams that are chosen to host what they call a regional in the first, sec, the first section of the tournament. And so basically what they do is they so like Oregon State, you're ranked number four. I think they were number three this year. And so you get to host a regional at your home field. So they get to play in Corvallis at Goss Stadium. And there's three other teams that get chosen out of the bracket based off of the rankings that get also placed in that same regional. And so the four teams that are in that regional, and so there's 16 regionals across the country, they play in a, a double elimination tournament to determine who the best team is from that regional so the so Oregon State plays the worst team and then it's like one versus four two versus three winner winner right and then they play double elimination tournament there's up to seven games that are played at golf stadium in a three-day weekend the winner of each of the regionals right so that makes sense so so each regional gets one winner 16 winners 16 winners okay so make it through that weekend you're in the top 16 the next weekend Based off of your ranking and your seedings and everything, so if you're a national seed, you automatically get chosen to host. If you're in the top eight, it's a top eight, and then if you're not, then you have to play on the road. Or if you beat the national seed, then it kind of gets determined based off of the predetermined rankings that have been put together before the tournament came out. And so you get to host. You play in a super. It's called they call it a super regional. It's the following weekend where it's a best two out of three series. And so if Oregon State's playing, they played. Auburn mm-hmm. in theirs, and so if Auburn won the first game, Oregon State wins the second game. They play game three, and then the game three winner goes to Omaha. 
But if if Auburn wins game one and game two, they only have to win two games, automatically advance, they're in the top eight. Does that make sense? Okay. So there's 16 of those. And so from the 16 of those, eight winners advance to the College World Series, which it takes place at in Omaha, which is like what everybody talks about, right? That's the College World Series. Same thing in softball. Softball happens in Oklahoma City. Baseball happens in Omaha. So once you get to Omaha, then there's two. They place it. There's basically, just to make things easy, they have same thing as the regionals. They have two four-team double elimination brackets. So each team plays through the double elimination bracket. And then once they get to two teams left, so the way that they play the double elimination, basically the winner of the top four, the winner of the bottom four, based off the and see all of this stuff is predetermined placement off of the initial rankings. So it it can you can people complain like, wow, you have Oregon State playing Arizona in the first round. Like, how do they end up in the same bracket? It's because it was determined three weeks ago. Um, they get two teams, they get to the top two, and then they play in essentially the same thing that they did in the Super Regional format in the championship series. So game one, game two, game three, first team to two is a national champion. That sounds like a lot of baseball games. And the reason why they do that is, and again, you're smart enough, you know baseball, is like one team could have one pitcher that's better than everybody else okay. and say the team could be better. But the pitcher is, but the team, but the they have one pitcher that is just dominant. And so, if you play one game playoff, said so the better team doesn't right. always win. So you want to make sure that's their best way of. I say it's not a perfect system, but it's the best way of ensuring that the best team advances right. versus the best player, essentially. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's what I was thinking: is okay, you have one great quarterback and he or quarterback pitcher, and he just burns out his arm. Right, but that prevents that. And that prevents that, and also again, like. Say you can have Randy Johnson, but if you only have Randy Johnson, you can win game one, game four, and game seven. They say, but that's three games. They say you need to win four to win a World Series. Same kind of concept. So do we do we have a beat on who the favorite is, who your pick is? Because the uh, women are done, correct? Softball's done. Yeah, in Oklahoma, man, I tell you, were they what, the Cinderella team? Was that a thing, or was that no. Texas? I thought there was Oklahoma or Texas. I was reading one of them was like the upstart unranked team. The oh. No, so Oklahoma, Oklahoma had probably the best player to ever play college uh, softball on their team. I mean, Jocelyn, uh, uh, I forget her name, Jocelyn Alo, I think was her name. Uh, she hit 140 home runs in her career, more more so than any baseball player, any softball player. She uh, batted 450 for her career. Um, she played left field, and she she was the only player in college World Series history to have two multiple home run games. She was a stud, and they only lost three games all season. And they basically say, if you know anything about baseball or softball, they have a mercy rule. So if you're up by eight or more runs in softball after the fourth inning or the fifth inning, the game gets called. They mercy ruled probably 30 out of their 50 wins this year. So they're good. They were really good. And so it was from it was from start to finish. They were the best team, and they showed, and they won, and they deserved it because they were really good. So. That was that. I can't. I say I haven't followed baseball too closely. I do know that the number one seed Tennessee did get eliminated in the supers, um, which is not something that was expected. Even though they weren't, they kind of were a program that came out of nowhere, and so I don't know if anybody expected them to be the number one seed when the season started, anyways. Um, but I do look forward to watching the College World Series this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not picking Auburn. They complained about a lack of hotels in Corvallis, apparently. Yeah, there aren't. There aren't many. But if you really if you really wanted to, you could drive thirty minutes south of Eugene. Yeah. Well, 
how many other shows are going to bring you that much talk on College World Series and explaining this very confusing thing about regionals and super regionals and things. Stanford still is number two right now, too. So they're the, they're the highest-ranked team left. Cause are you picking the Cardinal? Tennessee lost. Well, I mean, I'm a West Coast guy, so I, nice. someone, so I got to. I have, I have, I mean, I want to make sure I can drive home safely, so. You want to talk about the majors? I certainly do. So just kind of getting things going here in baseball, we haven't totally gotten too in-depth yet. We'll save that for the next couple of weeks and months. But I kind of want to go division by division here and see where we're at. And I kind of have one question for Austin on each one. And start at the top of the list here with the AL East where the Yankees are just absolutely crushing. But is it even a question if this is the best division in baseball? Four of the top six teams in the AL are in this division. Yankees killing everybody. But then the Blue Jays and Rays kind of are what we expected. And Boston, very, very good. I mean, I don't know that any of this is really surprising that, yes, the Orioles are terrible and the other four are competitive. But I think maybe Boston's been better than people expected. Yeah, I say, I don't know. Boston's pitching wasn't always um, something that we could question. Uh, but, you know, I say it's, it's, it's hard. It's very similar. I say this is very similar to what happened last year with the Dodgers and the Giants when it comes to the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Like, the Giants... And I say the Dodgers ended up, you know, they they uh, or have been historically good for a really long time. But I think the Giants won the division last year by one game with that like 104 wins. Um, and so the Blue Jays are on pace to be. I mean, they were my World Series pick, and they're the wild card winner. Um, and say so they're probably they're close to a division in the division lead for multiple divisions. But they just happen to be in the same division as the Yankees, who are on pace to win 118 games, which if anybody knows anything, uh, as the Mariners had their record at 116, and 118 game wins is is a lot. Um, and so I, I, I don't know that I'm shocked by the Red Sox. I'm not shocked that this division is so strong. I am surprised at the rate that the Yankees are winning. I don't think anybody could have predicted quite this much success. Um, but when you have, you know, three really solid starters – uh, that's going to go a long ways. I say everybody wanted to also talk about their offense, but the but the pitching is what carries teams through um, through the entirety of the season. So um, that part I think is the most surprising. But again, I'm not surprised that this division is so good. And I'm trying to look here. Are th- those three pitchers, none of them named Garrett Cole. Are they doing this without Cole really no, contributing? No, Garrett Cole's playing. He's pitch. Oh. He's because you've got Severino, Montgomery, and Cortez having great years. Nestor Cortez is that's probably the one that we that, the the one that we didn't really know much about. Yeah, where did he come from? Nowhere. <laughs> I mean, he wears number sixty-five. So I mean, you Solid. tell me. Yeah. Is he a lineman? Uh, no, I think that he he's is not like the left guard. No, I think he's just the goalie. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the ra- for the Rangers. <laughs> Does this in his spare time? Yeah, just side side job. Yeah, their their run differential is nuts. Was it plus 130 right now? And the next closest team is the Dodgers with 108, and even then it drops off from there. So I I just feel like the Yankees are so far ahead. The Jays were my pick at the beginning of the year. I love this Jays team. Uh, I just And Boston, I don't know where Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez from the Fountain of Youth, but those two and then Rafael Devers is a legit MVP candidate right now. I don't know what who's what they're putting in the water in Boston this year. Well, and again, that's what it's a it's a it's a something it's a program. It's, it's say there are teams, there are programs out there. Milwaukee Bucks is something that comes to mind. Utah Jazz, where it's like they just are always kind of good. 
Listen, it doesn't really matter who you have playing for the team. I know the Red Sox have had one or two down years, but overall, based off the coaching, the program, the management, the ownership, everything top to bottom, that's a team that's regardless of whoever, whoever's playing there, they're always going to be competitive. They're always going to be 500 or above, um, and so I'm not surprised. And moving on to the central here, are you are you going to bask in this, Mr. Twin? Look who's seven games ahead. Now, granted, seven games ahead. Well, in the win column. Seven games ahead of the newly minted Cleveland Guardians. I'm still getting used to saying that. But two of these teams are the Tigers and Royals. We know what the Tigers are. I had such high hopes for the Royals this year, and they are quickly the worst team. I didn't think they were maybe a playoff team, but maybe like that 7-8-9. Maybe they can still turn it around, but I really thought the Royals were going to be better. Nah. The Guardians are in there. The Twins, the best average, uh, best batting average in Lee is is this Luis Arias? Luis Arias. That guy. Best average, and look who's mashing home runs. He's missed a bunch of games, to the shock of nobody, but Byron Buxton, when he's in, is hitting. He hasn't missed as many games as you thought that he would have. <laughs> are you sure? I'm positive, because I I've watch them a lot. Um, you know, and say, okay, so here's the deal. So I follow the Twins closer than I follow any other team, and... Th- what has happened to the Twins this year would have derailed them in the past. And so, because Carlos Correa has missed games, Buxton has missed games, they brought up the number one shortstop, Royce Lewis, retours ACL, he's out for the season. Kenton Maeda had, had Tommy John surgery, out for the season. Like, they've had, they've had more time missed by starters than any other team in the league. Um, and the fact that they are still have the ability to continue to win at the pace that they are. So they're not crushing teams. They're not winning by a lot necessarily, um, but they have the ability to scrap out wins. I mean, they beat the Mariners 3-2. to two, um, I think they beat the Mariners 5 nothing, right? So it's not anything spectacular. It's not a show that we're willing to watch. But again, Byron Buxton is playing up to the capability that we believe that he could. Same thing with, with Luis Arise. Pitching is coming around, and uh, they're doing a really good job of just making sure that you, say, you only need one run to win games. And they figured out a way to do it, um, more so than any other team. So it's really fun to watch. And I think the big issue here with the Central, it looks like the Twins are, again, kind of by virtue of just being a little bit more talented, the Twins are running away with this division. But the elephant in the room, maybe for all the majors, what is going on with the White Sox? These guys, I know they're kind of the fire Tony La Russa, and everybody hates Tony La Russa thing. But to me, I, to me, I feel like baseball is the sport where the manager matters the least or the coach. Maybe I'm wrong on that. You can tell me I'm wrong, but... That this is, feels like the biggest disappointment. Everybody was on the White Sox being a legitimate World Series contender, and all this talent, these big hitters, and they've added these arms, and their pitching really came into form last year, and they're one game under five hundred right now in a winnable division. Yeah, I would argue that the coach matters the least in maybe basketball, um, and so I not to say I th- I mean I don't know I feel like the manager in baseball is relatively important. I'd say it's probably different at the major league level than it is in high school and college. Um, but when it comes down to mentality, when it comes down to study habits, when it comes down to preparation, baseball is a sport of preparation, just like football is, and that part matters. And so uh, I do think that the – I mean, I don't know. I don't – I don't – I Tony La Russa just – he refuses to uh, coach baseball in 2022. He still thinks he's in 1990. And it's like he won a World Series with the Cardinals, and he was a really good coach, but he just hasn't figured out a way to coach – in the in the new era with the bat flips and the Tim Andersons of the world and we want to have fun and we want to and so we want to we want to pimp our home runs and that's that's how we're going to live and so um, he hasn't really figured that part out and I said not to say that he's not a Hall of Fame coach because he is 
Um, but he just doesn't really fit with the times now. So I don't blame them for wanting to say that, but I also know it's like it hurts me to say that also because it's the same thing when people chant against Russell Westbrook. It's like, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. And so like just because he's at the tail end of the career does not mean he's not a Hall of Famer. He just is at the tail end of his career. And so it's, a little, it's, hard to, it's hard to listen to that a little bit. But, I mean, I do understand why they feel that way. It is, it is a winnable division. I think they can catch the Twins. And like you mentioned, Tim Anderson, he feels like one of those fun future stars of the majors if he's not there already. One of those guys I really need to push with a lot of personality and plays the game in a fun, modern way. And going out west in the division, that nobody seems to want to win. I think you could argue there's multiple disappointments here. Of course, the Astros way ahead of everybody because that's what cheating will do for you. The Rangers are somehow in second, whether that says more about everybody else being bad or the Rangers being better than we expected. The Angels, we talk about it every month, every year. You've got Trout, you've got Otani, you've got two of the five best players in the world, and they can't put the rest of it together. The Mariners, uh, not sure what's going on here with the Mariners. Seven games under five hundred, a team that we kind of thought would be a trendy wild card pick. And then the A's are doing A's things, but... Is it already time to just say the West is done and the Astros are going to win it and move on? See, I don't know if that's the case because I said we I said a month ago the A's were winning the division and it was kind of it was kind of funny to watch because they were so good, and so th- I do think that they have the ability to they have the they certainly have the talent to do it. You know whether or not they because they I think with uh, with the A's I think that, or not the A's the uh, the Angels they. Uh, they jumped the spoon too quickly, and so they lost 13 games in a row, and all of a sudden Joe Madden is the worst person in Los Angeles. And so they decided to fire him, which made no sense to anybody. Yeah, that was weird. I... Well, and again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you live in L.A. and say when, when your crosstown rival is winning World Series and has the number one roster in the league, it's, that's, that, that's what they're looking at, right? So it's the Nick Saban effect where it's like if you're not winning championships, all of a sudden you're not a bad coach. You're not a good coach. I say, well, no, Joe Mann's, a Hall, again, he's probably a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he's won a World Series. He's taken multiple teams to, to the World Series. I think he took the Rays to the World Series, which nobody thought that that would ever happen. Right. And so he's, like, he knows what he's doing, and he actually has come up with the times. But I say when you go on a 13-14 game losing streak, which is hard, then I get why the decision was made, even though it doesn't really make any logical sense. So uh, I laugh because the uh, Angels are going to basically shoo away two Hall of Fame careers, to, um, and neither of them will ever sniff the playoffs, which is funny to me. So, I mean, yeah, props to Trout for the loyalty and dedication. I'd be shocked. I think Otani, they said, is up in two years. I'd be shocked if he sticks around if they don't get better. But you have to respect the dedication and loyalty. But if at some time, Trout has to say, man, can I get something here? Like, I can't waste away Well, and again, career. you got to compare him. What's like, what, what did you say? you say that to Damian Lillard, too? I mean, Damian Lillard, I mean, I, yeah, at least he's played in the Western right. Conference Finals. Like, he's gotten close, but it's the same kind of deal. It's like like loyalty to a fault. Like, sometimes your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Is it? Are we too early to start calling teams buyers and sellers? Because I'm wondering if the Mariners, Ty France is having a great season. Would they ever part with him, or is he kind of part of a, a core of a rebuild that they're doing? He's 27. He's been in the majors for five years now. I just wonder if... If things don't get better in the next month and a, a contender like the Mets or the Braves or the Brewers come calling, they trade him away. Yeah, and you know, that's a good question because the Mariners are very heavy in the outfield right now. I mean, they have Kyle Lewis, who, who disappeared out of no thin air, but he was amazing to watch. 
Um, Julio Rodriguez, obviously, like that's the name. That's a young, fun game to watch. Uh, and Jesse Winker, obviously. So, like, out of those four, like, who do you, like who is like? So, do you want to get rid of the young prospect and Kyle Lewis, the guy that won a Rookie of the Year a couple years ago? Do you want to get rid of the guy that has the most is, is the most valuable now, um, and can get the most parts back? Like, what is the really decision that? Because they are they are heavy in the outfield, and that was something going into the season that we kind of knew. And said, where's all the playing time going to land? And so, obviously, we kind of figured out that Kyle Lewis isn't playing. So, uh, like, he's the guy that kind of is the odd man out in this regard. But also, you know, do you trade him because he's a prospect and has a potential being good? Or do you trade Ty France or, you know, the other outfielders that have more, more, you can get more back for it as it stands right now? It just, I I forget that they added Jesse Winker and Robbie Ray in the off season and they're still doing this poorly. It's like, can you, you you'd think they'd be the buyers looking to build, but they're figure haven't, crap out. Haven't moved ahead. Yeah. And you know what? It's a, and like, I'll compare them to what happened to the twins last year. I said, they did dealt with injuries and a weird thing. Like, I think the, the roster is better than the record, yeah. and, but it, what happens in baseball is if you have a crappy first month of the season, the twins had last year, the Mariners had it this year. Like they just were losing games in every which way. Is the bullpen they couldn't hit? They also the starter gave up ten runs. Like it was a weird deal for the first month and a half of the season, and so they've been playing from behind basically from the the rest of the deal. So they're a five hundred team, more or less roster base, and the record reflects that. Uh, if you look at anything past April, but if you have a crappy April, say you're if you're playing from behind, you can play five hundred ball and you'll still end up ten games under five hundred, which is probably what's going to end up happening with the Mariners, which is unfortunate, but that's the way baseball rolls sometimes. We're going to jump over to the National League here, and dare I say the most surprising, we're not going to call it a pleasant surprise, but the most surprising team in the majors, the New York Mets, are the top team in the National League, and just, uh, well, the Yankees are so far ahead of everybody, but New York dominating the baseball landscape right now. The Yankees with 46 win, the Mets second with 41 wins, the Dodgers behind them at 40 as we're recording this. The East... Again, everybody looks kind of good, except for the Nationals, but I don't really know who to trust here. The Braves, the defending champions, you have to expect they're going to be in there. This kind of seems to become their MO, is just kind of hang around and peak late in the season. The Phillies, you could probably say a little bit of a disappointment fluttering around 500, but I think they're going to right the ship. The Marlins, every once in a while, will stun somebody. But between the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies, the East here, looking pretty good at the top. Are you are you trusting what your, your eyes are telling you with the Mets? Mm, yes. This it's it's their team that I I mean I don't know, like yeah, I am because they have they have players Francis Glendor, Pete Alonso that have been around the game. They're veterans. They know what they're doing, and say and they have won at a high level, more or less. And so like Francisco Lindor's played shortstop for championship competitive teams, um, and so they have guys like that on their roster that. Uh, have the ability and the veteran leadership and and the wherewithal to carry a team throughout you know a strong run whether or not they actually win a World Series or not, um, and so I do think that they're going to be good. I don't know if their pitching can keep up, uh, which I think is the number one deal. I say it's, it's like everybody falls victim to it. It's like you can have great offense throughout the entire season. It's fun to watch. They're really good. It's all all the things, and then what happens when the what happens like who wins games when it's forty degrees. In, outside in October. So you're going to play a lot of 2-1, 3-2 games. And so you got to have good pitching that's not going to give up a home run in the bottom of the ninth. you got to have those guys that are going to go seven innings and give up two runs. Like you got to have them, and they don't really have that guy right now. 
And so maybe they have someone that will figure it out and turn it around and, and really carry him. But as it stands right now, they don't have a, like a, a real stopper that's going to really take them through um, September and October. What happened to all their big arms? Wasn't it like three years ago that the Mets had this world's greatest rotation? Well, they had Jacob DeGrom, which was good. But now it's like, like Max Scherzer. And they had p- Thor. Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer is, I mean, where did he go? Right. I mean, he's like not even pitching right now. So, I mean, it's just kind of a hard deal. Yeah. That's, if, if you tell somebody you have Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in their prime, you're like, oh, man, there's nobody beating this team. But if you have neither one. It's hard to win a couple. It's 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 just it makes it harder to win a championship. I say you can win a hundred games, but again, like we're not like I don't know. I can't speak to the organization as a whole. Maybe their maybe their goal is to win the division. My guess is it's not, and it's really hard to win a championship if you don't have a Jacob Degrom, a Garrett Cole, uh, you know, somebody like that, Clint uh, Kershaw, somebody that can really go out and get get that game for you. And they've got some good innings, a lot of good innings out of Carlos Carrasco and Taiwan Walker. Chris Bassett's having a great season. But yeah, if, that, if that pitching staff gets right, they may be the real deal. I just always have trouble trusting the Mets. Uh, Starling Marti is there. Good for him finally getting a, on to be, get to be part of a decent team. Feels like he's been around forever. Forever. Also in the East, yeah, I, I think... I could see this very easily. There's six teams that get into the postseason now for the baseball, right? Don't we keep expanding that postseason? Yeah, I believe it's six, yeah. Because I think, I don't know that I love anybody in the Central, and then the West is so up and down, but I think you could be looking at three postseason bids here with the Mets, Braves, and Phillies. I have faith in the Phillies getting it together. Why? I don't know. Is it the blue uniform? I like Bryce Harper more than most people, apparently. Is it the eye black? Uh, it gets It gets people in it. The flow. Yeah. He's, he's got to lean into it. Just be the villain. Just lean into it. I like Bryce Harper. I don't know why people hate him so much. I think it's because he got that thing. Like It was like the LeBron thing. Everybody anointed him when he was so young. So people are just resentful. Like, oh, you haven't done anything. Why does everybody act like you're the next Willie Mays? Didn't he win an MVP at like 23? And then again last year? So, like, what is uh, what is the deal? All right. Let's go to the Central before we dig ourselves a bigger hole. You've got a great race here at the top at the Cardinals and the Brewers. And then... Might as well. I, I don't know what to say about the Central. Brewers are great. They have the great rotation. Christian Yelich may finally be back to form one of these days. The Cardinals. I don't know what. I I love Paul Goldschmidt. It's been one of my favorite players for the last couple of years. Tommy Edmond, another guy I found the fountain of youth, having a great start to the season. Just consistent, reliable, fundamental play. What you expect from the Cardinals. And I believe Pujols is still around there doing his thing from time to time. Yeah. Can you believe that Yadier Molina and Pujols are still playing for the Cardinals? <laughs> what are we doing? And then, yeah, the, the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds. The Reds were on a historic, awful streak, but they've gotten a little bit better. They have more wins than the A's at this point in time. They have just as many wins as the Cubs and the Royals. So the Reds, I don't think, are going to be historically bad. I don't I don't think the Reds, Cubs, or Pirates are going to be contenders, but they're showing some life. This is this is a two-horse race with the Cards and Brewers. Gosh, it was crazy to think. The Reds a couple years ago were like a hot pick to like play in the World what? Series. Vado, Castellanos, Winker. Yeah. And then how is Joey Vado still there? You talk about Yachty and Pujols with the Cardinals. How is Joey it, Vado must love Cincinnati? It's that old Midwestern conservative oh, mindset, baby. Like, you know, it's, uh, I, I'll stay here forever. How did the Dodgers just not bring $100 million in cash to his house and say, come play with us? Because uh, they already did that to Freddie Freeman. Uh, the Dodgers strapped for money suddenly? <laughs> Just go too deep in all-stars at every position. No, but they don't need three first basemen. I mean, they got rid of Albert Pujols, so... I think Valdo's got a little bit more left in the tank. I... Yeah, hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll just leave that one right there. The Cubs, uh, the Cubs may finish with a worse record than the Reds, though. Just let that sink in. Sorry, Cubs fans. They're in the middle of their rebuild, and it's gonna be a long, slow process. It's gonna be a long man the, with the Cubs again. This is another team where it's like last year. All of a sudden, they just like dumped like four of their stars. Chris Bryant left. There's a there's like three or more four. Yeah, I didn't think they get rid of Baez left, and Rizzo, I think they got rid of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. I don't remember. Oh, Wilson Contreras, I guess, is still there. Right? Yeah, I thought they got rid of most of those guys who were part of their 2016. I'm looking at their roster, Jason Hayward is still there. I don't remember that being a thing. But I think he and Contreras may be the only guys from that World Series team. Uh, Schwarber's been gone a couple years. The real guys from the team, right? Yeah, definitely. No. Uh, the real contributors. So, yeah, I don't know. And, again, like, it was. it's crazy to think, again, that the Reds a couple years ago, like, we thought that they were going to be, like, the new team in the Central. Uh, they were going to carry the torch as they as they say um and that just is not been what's going on um and that's unfortunate you know but you know hey the old midwestern conservative ship you know nobody actually wants to win but nobody was willing to lose so we'll see how the race turns out and finally we go out west who are you putting your money on the daddies or the dodgers the dodgers no padres are in first by two games it's not two games but yeah, so you've got this is a really fun division because even dare I say the Diamondbacks are competitive. The Rockies, we know that they're in a rebuild, and I would have thought the Diamondbacks were in a rebuild as well. But they're getting some wins. They look competitive at times. But when it's all said and done, I think you're going to have the Padres, Dodgers, and Giants compete. I think you've really got eight teams in the East that have already separated themselves: three from the East, two from the Central, and three from the West. So I think you've already got your eight teams in the National League competing for six spots. I, I've been on the Dodgers. I think I picked them to win the World Series like four years in a row, and I think I'm sticking with them again this year. But good on the Padres. Manny Machado, not like he ever really dipped, but it feels like he's really back in prime Machado time. Someday Tatis will come back, but a great three-horse race with the Padres, Dodgers, and Giants right now. Well, and I will tell you, this is the Padres pitching staff that we expected to see from last year. Right, they picked up... Uh, I can't even think of their name. Um, the guy from the Rays. You Darvish, no. um, Blake Snell, no, Blake, yes, yeah, both of them, yep, they both, yeah, they, yeah, they signed both of them last year, and so we expected the Dodgers to be the number one competitor for the, or the Padres to be the number one competitor of the Dodgers last year, and they ended up not being very good. Injuries, the whole thing, kind of, you know, hindered them a little bit. But now, say a year replaced, now we're seeing the Dodger team or the Padres team that we expected to see last year, and they're playing really good baseball. So I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up winning the division. But I do again; it's hard. Not it's hard. It's hard. Like, how do you pick against the Dodgers? Like, like it's like why, like why would you? Is that the scariest thing about the Padres? Is they're doing this without Tatis Jr. He's not. He is electric. He's like Russell Westbrook. He's electric, Ooh. but mistake ridden. You're gonna say some fighting. Somebody's gonna hear that as fighting words. That's okay. It's the truth. <laughs> Sometimes people don't like the truth. I'm trying to find out who has the longest active playoff drought in Major League Baseball. Mariners. Is it? Yes. So I was trying to think how quickly it changes. Like, when was the last time the Cubs were in the playoffs? Has everybody been there since then? It's the Mariners. No, oh, well, there you go. They are the only team to never be in the World Series, but just... 2001. Wow. I appreciate you just having that at the ready. You're welcome. So, and they're the only team not to play in a World Series. Didn't that just change like last year? No. Last World Series appearance. Oh. There we, are. Were you going to do baseball trivia? No, but I was going to think of something on the fly. Nah, I don't know. 
Moving on. So I'll I will give you the two New York franchises or the field. Who's your Who's your World Series winner? The field. Ah. No love for the Yankees or the Mets. I'm a, I picked the Blue Jays to win it, man. I'm sticking to it. I mean, I'm I'm Blue Jays Dodgers all the way, but just it's these New York teams are killing it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Baseball doesn't matter in June. Is that what you're saying? Nope. All right, what else do we need to talk about baseball or otherwise this week? I don't think that there's really anything going on. The all-star voting is, is going on right now, you know, so that's kind of fun. That's kind of a fun thing to see where the fans go. You know, there was the one year where all of a sudden every single Royal starter was a Royal starter in the all-star game because the fan base decided it to be that way. Right. So you heard it. Uh, here's your vote. Sonny Gray. Some guy, Griffin. Your closer's name is Griffin Jacks. That's right. He's a stud. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio Pagan, Ryan Jeffers, that Luis, that guy's name, I'm going to butcher. Luis Arise. Yes. Jorge Polanco, Gio Rochella. Oh, you got Carlos Correa. You got one of the Astros? Yes. Oh. And and we have uh, Gary Sanchez. Yeah, you got – it feels like the Twins just opened their bank here in the last couple of years. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Carlos, Gio Rochella, Carlos Correa, Max Kepler, and Gary Sanchez. Come on in. Here's a bunch of money. Well, Max and, Kepler has been there for a while. And Byron Buxton. Has also been there for a while. For – but – Reliable 60 games a year. Hey, man. He hits more homers than you. you. Well, that's true. You got Chris Archer. Dylan Bundy still doing his thing. That's right. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Go Twins. So what, you're, <laughs> so what you're telling me is baseball comes down to who spends the most money? <laughs> you're not wrong. Or the Rays? Well, yeah. The Rays need a new stadium. When is that going to happen? When they move to Portland or Vegas? or They need a new stadium. That catwalk is bad. Bad. Have you been to – how many major stadiums have you been to? Just baseball. Uh, not that many. Uh, Seattle. Seattle, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Arizona, Anaheim. Uh, Randomly Tampa for some reason. Nope. Chicago. Both uh, Chicago or just Wrigley? Just Wrigley. Now, do you consider old parks like – Comiskey or whatever the new one is, or like old Yankee versus new Yankee, or do you just you, say you like, can count them? I haven't been to I haven't been to any oh, okay. like that, so I, them, those might be the only. Was that five? That might be that might be that oh. might be it. Not that many. Why don't you do that with one of your summers? Just go travel. I'd rather go to Italy <laughs> on somebody else's dime. Hey, that was not on someone else's time. Oh, I was thinking you got some fancy all expense paid trip. From no, somebody. yeah, all expense tra- paid trip by yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> You got that spokesmodel money now. I wish. I'm oh. still waiting to get podcast money. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so hurry up. We need to find a that's that should be your job. Go out and find us a, some sponsor money and we'll we'll just do commercial after commercial. We'll be one of those really shill shows that every minute we cut in with an impromptu commercial. Those are awful. You ever watch a Joe Rogan podcast? Uh, there's a reason I only listen to clips on YouTube where I can I do listen to podcasts though where it's like inundated with sponsorships and they come out of nowhere there's no build up or like hey we're gonna take a break it's they're just spliced right in the middle like somebody's in a sentence and then here's a four minute ad for Geico yeah yeah that's that's a little tough yeah it was a hard, that's a hard listen Joe Rogan at least he does a good job of, he has like four minutes of advertisement time before the podcast starts Okay, th- those are the ones that, that I like. Have just learned to skip ahead like eight minutes because there's a bunch of them that re- all their commercials at the beginning. I don't mind that though. Well, I said I'd rather have that than in the middle. That's true. In the, yes, I'm not, I say, and all the, the other problem I have with it is that they change the volume. 
So you'll be listening on volume five, and for whatever reason, the advertisement ends up being on volume 20. So you're just like, what is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. See, that's why we have inconsistent volume levels the entire show, so you never quite know. Yeah, and then you got to yell into your mic like this. And it has, it has really nothing awesome. to do with my poor audio technician abilities. Nothing at all. No, that was never a question. Yeah, someday I'll learn how to do this part of it. Only when we get sponsorship money. We got we yeah that's just a, that's a, it's a it's an ever revolving circle. Somebody needs to build us our own little studio. Yes, like you see those ones like the guys. I feel like it's usually like former NBA players or NFL players. They're like in a elaborate living room. They're like smoking lounge? cigars with whiskey, and they have the big whole setup. We need to get cameras. We should get like we need to get cameras on us too. So you should, they have a YouTube YouTube like, and podcast live stream. You do you could do a Twitch stream. No YouTube. I think YouTube is better. For now. We're not playing video games. Oh. I don't I don't twitch. I don't know if it had like gone beyond just video games. I don't twitch either, but I oh. I don't know. But you're all young and hip and play video games. That's not true. I sold oh. my system ten years ago and never bought another one. Oh. You're such an old man now. I know, look at me, I'm thirty. I I gotta do something crazy. Thirty, wearing glasses, going to school? Shit. Who are you talking about? You're just a you're just you're a, you're a white Nike or not you're you're a pair of white new balances away from Did you just call me white? That was rude. I'm only half. Your shoe's white, sir. Uh, my shoes are black right now. Well, I got to match the brown belt. <laughs> Who taught you how to dress in Iowa? Is that what they do in Iowa? Mm-hmm. Good. Great, gray shirt, brown belt, black shoes. Gray shirt, too? Yeah. You going top hat, or what are you wearing? Derby. Oh, Bowler. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Now, cane or umbrella? Well, I... I, I, used to have, I used to have an umbrella, but you can't have an umbrella in Oregon. Apparently, there's a law against it. Yeah, you can use it as a walking stick. Can I be that guy who has, like, two big walking sticks for my hike, even though my hike's not that hard, and, like, kids do it in Crocs? Wow, you're going to pull, you, you pull, 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 pull a meme off the internet right now, are you? Huh? Yeah, the, like, the, the water backpack and the two big walking sticks. Are you going to pay the copyright fee for using that joke, or what? I It was it was an auditory. That's a visual. There's a <laughs> copyright act of 1972 okay. something yeah fair use fair use public domain disney doesn't own it you know i went to go see the sistine chapel and we weren't allowed to take pictures of it because japan japan owns copyright rights for 20 more years so we're not allowed to take pictures on of the it. sistine chapel yes that's a very weird sentence it's very strange <laughs> but we were literally there was big things security guards walking around the whole thing nobody was allowed to take pictures so how do we have pictures of the sistine chapel then good question like well if, no this if, this is a recent thing if you're a Japanese citizen, can you take pictures? I don't know. What are the rules? Oh, maybe if you only work for the government. I can't tell you. Why don't you get a job at the Vatican City? Then you can live in Rome. You may have to become a priest or uh, a pope. You don't know how many jobs there are at the Vatican City. Oh. It's really small. Really small. Go to Venice and be one of those boat guys. I should do that. I really want to wear a striped shirt. Can I wear a striped shirt if I do it? Well, I mean, you know what they say about horizontal stripes. It's good for my figure. <laughs> yeah. Can you play one of those little accordion things and sing while you row a boat? I can learn. There you go. Yeah, easy. Until you drown in the sinking city. I'm going to wear short shorts too. Ooh, that could be the new – you start your own competitive company. That's what I'm talking about. Why don't you do that in Oregon? Just go up and down the Willamette or the Columbia and – You can only do it at morning though. It gets a little choppy. It gets a little choppy. Well, depending on the boat. That's up to you as the oarsman. Yeah. So I'm, my tour started at 5 a.m. sharp. <laughs> You could be. You could do a drunk boat. You could like take people at three and four in the morning, leaving the bars. That's what I'm talking about. See, this is this is why we do this. Good business ideas. 
now somebody's going to hear that, buy that idea from us, and be our sponsor. God, it all comes full circle. Or they're just going to steal it because we didn't copyright it before Dude, we said it. We're so smart. God, this, this is what we – for those of you who listened back in the day, you remember Josh. Josh was the king of good ideas and TMing them, so he had the trademark so nobody else could take it from our show. Rude. Man, rude. rude. Hopefully we sound different this week. We're back in a studio. We haven't been in a studio for a long time, and now we have the fancy microphones. And it feels like the good old days all the way back in the olden days of 2019. Pre wearing a mask. Yeah, we were down in a basement. Hey, I had to take a test at in the airport before I came home. Turns out you're a hundred percent that And it turns out I didn't have to take the test. It was amazing. You took a test so you didn't so do you know? No, because the day that I was traveling home was the day that they rescinded the thing where you had to take a test to travel back into the United States. Nice. Yeah. I still took it though. It was eighty seven euros that I will never get back. It's expensive. It was air in the airport. It was ridiculous. It was it's like triple the cost of what it should have been. Is unreal. In Frankfurt, of all places. Screw that place. I'm never going back. Take that, Frankfurt Airport. Yeah. The main European airport. Never going back. Well, I guess you're never welcome. It's also a gigantic airport. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I flew there a couple months ago. And, yeah, like, Frankfurt is, like, the mainland European airport. It's, it's gigantic. It's so big. If you go to Europe now, you have to go by boat. Yeah. That's okay. I'll just fly my own plane. There you go. I have one. I'm buying one right now. That's how much podcast money we got from this That's right. sponsor-free show. That's it. Yeah, no, I am in the process of financing it right now. Oh, yeah, just going to go down and get a payday loan? No. No, no, no. The payments are like eh, $20,000 a month or so. It's Trump change. Easy. Easy. I use it from all my crypto money. <laughs> all that Dogecoin you cashed out on before it tanked. Yeah. You know, you got you you to do something with those engines. are just revving up, baby. <laughs> You can buy Twitter. <laughs> I was thinking about that too, but I'd rather have a pirate jet. So, mm. you know, him and ha, him and ha. Well, as we have successfully gone off the rails here, uh, we're going to thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Sports Gospel. Be back next week. Have Andrew on for our NBA mock drafts. And we thank you all for joining us. We'll sounds, see you next time. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good.